Hi everyone and welcome to episode 145 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm with Lauren. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. We are in our new home. Yay! We've moved officially. Oh, I can't believe it. We've actually moved. What, what's suspicious. changed? Everything. Um, everything has changed. Everything, everything completely. in my entire life has changed. I've got a new husband. I replaced Daryl with the older model. Um, Wait, you've replaced <laughs> with the older model? Yeah, sweetie. I'm sorry. I, I didn't tell you, but you're actually... I took your soul out. I'm Daryl from four years ago. I did like I did like data in uh, Star Trek. I like took your soul out and then I replaced you with a newer model. And You said older model. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. M- it's, maybe we're maybe in a new house. Well, I think to be honest, I think there are when you get to my age, then you know, I probably wouldn't mind being four years younger. So yeah. you know, I'm quite happy with that. You probably anyway, four. Any <laughs> Hey, I'll have you know that I'm older than eight years old. <laughs> um I have a birth certificate. It says things. You really? Yeah. It says things. Um anyway, so It says your birthday was two thousand and and Come on. And, and come on. Thirteen. <laughs> okay. Um so so today on the show we have a it's a weird, kind of weird topic. I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today, and I just thought, like, well, why don't we talk about the fact that the fact that we're finally recovering from Uncovered? Yep. Because it's been a crazy, absolutely crazy year. Say hi, my name is Lauren, and I am a recovering uh, Uncovered person. Yes. Mm. Yes. But yeah, it's been a long, long time. I can't believe it's been a year already. Yeah. Over a year. Over a year, yeah. Like... This is really insane that it was over a year ago. And it's also kind of insane to think that over a year ago, we didn't have Final Fantasy 15. Well, yeah. I mean, Not yet. we've been waiting for it for quite a while. And it feels like it's been around forever now. It, like, yeah. It's only been around for about like a half a year, but it feels like it's, it's still just half been... a year ago. I know. I know. It's true, but it just feels like it's been here forever. Yeah. It's not leaving. Yeah, so that's our that's our main main topic this episode. Then we've got some questions from the community. Thanks everyone who asked questions. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, obviously, if you're listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes Store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And also, please be sure to check out our YouTube channel to search for Final Fantasy. We are there. <laughs> we're there we're there we're there all right moving on to our patreon segment we're now going to do shout outs for everyone who's placed two dollars fifty or more per episode thanks guys thank you guys all right we're going to start off with barry norton at nortron zero christian burge lewis james satria jaya sudharma at satria 625 rubin tyson wildman at ty wildman one william trengove at varnas the assure chris morales dustiv haviv at dustyfish 770 Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Harley Crawley at Dark Said T. Okami. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thurin Bullen at Masker23. Zach Duranto at Z Duranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Name Jin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomstar73. Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadaic. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trader J. Julio Carrillo at Dead Demon 225. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohammed Kayam. 
Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Neck 95. Perry Ramstead. Rachel Casterton at Urba Yon Ray. Vitanitas at V underscore Tron 5000. And Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank and you. also, uh, just an update. Uh, so anybody who was qualified for a badge, either on here or on our FF Union vids, Patreon, I have now sent out your badges. Uh, they should be on their way to you. Uh, we finally, since we moved in now, uh, I finally got access to all of my badging supplies. So you guys should be getting your badges quite soon and... Anybody in the future who has badges that they would like, they should get those soon too. Yes. 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 So yeah, we're we're getting up to speed. The house move has meant that we can actually do stuff. It's great. I know. Yeah. I feel so wonderful. All right. So moving on to today's main topic, finally recovered from Uncovered. So obviously on the 31st of March last year, there was a pretty monumental event for Final Fantasy franchise. Um, I don't think anyone really knew what to expect from Uncovered, but mm. they kind of pulled out all the stops for it. It was a mental event. There was mm. just so much there. I mean, they had the massive pre-show event, which we were featured on. Yeah, shout out. Um, there was the actual main event, obviously, which was hosted by Kind of Funny Games. Uh, and then they had the post-show, which featured some of the Final Fantasy alumni. So I think Yoko Shimomura was in there. Um, who else was on there? I can't even remember. Was Uematsu there? No, I think he was. Yeah, I feel like he was. Um, I know Sakaguchi did a. He was too sick to did, be there. Yeah, wasn't he? he did a, um a little video. Tapata was there. Tapata, um, yeah, and um Amano, Amano yes. was there. Yes, Ishtaka Amano was there. Um, but yeah, they just had like a bunch of the big names up on stage, which is crazy because like I don't even know how many of them have interacted with each other in the last. However, many yeah, it's probably been quite a while since years. they've seen each other. Yeah, I mean, they probably have worked on games together in the um, since then, maybe kind of like Nobu Uematsu has definitely done stuff with like Sakaguchi yeah. and stuff. But um, yeah, no, it's really interesting. Uh, but we had that. We had a month, like a monster amount of announcements and just craziness happening. I mean, it was when we had Kingsglaive was announced for the yep. first time. And they had Lena Headey and Aaron Paul up on stage. Yep. And then Sean Bean, Seen Bean, calling from afar. Yep. Um, and uh, there were had... obviously pro cosplayers in the pre-show, which were showing off the Roan gear. Yep. Um, they had new trailers. There was Platinum Demo, which they showed off. And there were a few other cosplayers who they had dressed up yep. as um, Luna Freya and Gentiana. And... They had the uh, Florence and the Machine yep. uh, they had uh, a whole kind of announcement about that. And then, of <laughs> course, there was the release date. Yes. But on top of that, there was Justice Monsters 5, which the release date was delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And, and I, think delayed. It's, it, I think it's dead now. Yeah. And it's gone. The game's gone. R.I.P. Um, but even, yeah, sorry. I it didn't even make the 12 months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so obviously <laughs> the the, 12, the, the release really? date was obviously a big thing. It then got delayed. But that, that's kind of irrelevant here. But yeah. Because the main thing was that it started off the Final Fantasy 15 hype train, like for real. Because obviously we'd been getting drip-fed stuff about Final Fantasy Versus 13 for years. And mm-hmm. then when Tabata kind of took over with Final Fantasy 15, he started doing the active time reports. Um, and I think like really... They started doing more coverage, I think it was Gamescom the year before, mm-hmm. and that was when people kind of got a bit sick of the Active Time Reports because they had the one at Gamescom, yeah. uh, then I think there was one maybe after that, or it was the no, it was the Gamescom one where he kind of said, 
oh, we're going to be announcing the release date in March before he was supposed to say that. Yep. And then... Um, <laughs> he was supposed to say that at PAX East. Yeah, and then like they that. basically it ruined the entire roadmap because I think they were originally supposed to be talking about the antagonists in uh, the Tokyo Game Show one or around yeah. there, but then they ended up having to do that in January. Like, it just... <laughs> yeah, it messed everything up. But, Good but, job to Badger. But the... the, the uncovered event which just really kind of kicked things off it was where um obviously before that they were doing stuff but it's where it really went into overdrive mode and mm. and kind of since then we just got an onslaught of non-stop final fantasy 15 stuff i mean there were lols like a couple of weeks here and there yeah but most of the time there was something going on whether it was the delay whether it was like moogle stuff whether it was that yeah like justice monsters 5 you had e3 you had gamescom you had the tokyo game show like the king's tale yeah there was just so much the stuff happening editions, all the ultimate time collector's editions there's additional ultimate collector's editions even though there was only thirty-three thousand to start with and the anime as well. We had Brotherhood. We had all of the Brotherhood yep. and episodes released. There's all the stuff around the PS4 Pro. Yep. Um, yeah, there was just so much just constant stuff there. Yeah. Just talking about things. But about the uncovered story event and... was like the first time that we actually saw like a proper story trailer as well. Like two story trailers. Granted, they both kind of showed the same thing. Yeah, but they did. like um, we had like the Dawn trailer before that, and that was pretty much our only sort of thing outside of like um outside of the trailers that were made for like versus 13 and then of course the initial trailer where they announced the transition from versus 13 to 15 these were like our first two like proper trailers where it actually showed some of what's going to happen in the game so it was really interesting to see um i remember being very excited also slightly disappointed that the song choice was Stand By Me, a song that we already knew. And I was just kind of like, oh, why can't we just have a new, like, lovely song for Final Fantasy Fifteen? Granted, it does work with the game now, like, sort of after the fact. But I really do wish that there was some, like, really cool new song that we could listen to, like Sutekidana or just anything, anything but Stand By Me. Yeah, they seem to have just moved away from uh, away from that. It makes yeah. more sense for them now to do kind of collaborations. I didn't really see them doing another one like that because no. for, especially for the numbered series, they're going to go after Western people now, I think. I know. It's kind of a shame though, isn't it? Like, I mean, I hate to be that like old person in the background being like, I remember when it was great to be a Final Fantasy fan. But like, it was fantastic with Melodies of Life and you had Eyes on Me and like even like Final Fantasy thirteen, it started to change, didn't it? Because Leon you had Lewis. completely different songs, and you know it would have been it would have been great to have that with Final Fantasy fifteen. But at least we did kind of have someness. I know I'm going on a massive tangent, but uh, that it's was fine, just Lauren. one of the things you just you just go. That was just one of the things that I remember from that I remember being sort of like hmm about with Uncovered. I, I have no hatred towards Florence and the Machine. I do love them. But I was just kind of like, hmm, that's kind of a shame. No, I agree. I I think it's um yeah, something that we could probably talk about for ages in yeah. terms of like what how that's changed and everything. And I know there's a lot of people that really like the Florence and the Machine track. I think it, a lot of people think it works really well. A lot of people like the, the P, like the other songs that were on the yeah. EP. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, like obviously with Uncovered... Um, it, it, I said it kicked everything off and I think now that episode Gladiolus is out 
Um, like, but from the launch of Final Fantasy 15 through to episode Gladiolus, there was still a constant stream of stuff coming out. You know, Tabitha was doing interviews. Mm. I mean, they started doing the promotion for episode uh, Gladiolus um, on the I think the 31st mm-hmm. with the um, the 30th anniversary event, 31st of January. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, so it, it's just been like a constant thing of, because they've had so many things to talk about and updates to make, you know, they yeah. wanted to talk about the fact they were going to do the chapter 13 verse two episode Gladiolus, like other updates that they were adding to the, to the game. I think we've like, we've had active time reports in between, but now since episode Gladiolus has come out, things have just kind of just stopped. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been anything about Final Fantasy 15 in the last two weeks. I mean, the only thing we had was that um, Famitsu did a survey where they said that Noctis should be in a Kingdom Hearts game. But, but that was like, kind of like a no-brainer. It's not even an official thing. So yeah. it's just... And, and obviously, yeah, but with Final Fantasy 15, there's pretty much been nothing. Since episode no. Gladios came out, there's been next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is quite... It's quite surreal because... You know, as we've been covering verse 13, 15 for a long time, and it's kind of weird to think that it's now now dying down. And, yeah. you know, the only thing we really have on the horizon right now outside of the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, is Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. And even with the Final Fantasy VII remake, it's it's an Amura game. So, I mean, yeah. who knows when we're going to see anything again or hear anything again because exactly. they don't even know when they're showing it this year, supposedly. It's, it sort of feels like an open door Almost, because like I know because of how well Final Fantasy XV did, and I'm very thankful that it did very well. They're obviously going to set their sights on Final Fantasy XVI at some point. Maybe not the next game. Maybe a game, you know, maybe it is their next game that they have uh, like on their agenda, or they're already working on it, or something. But um, like it does make me sort of think like what what is their next move in terms of the Final Fantasy main series. Like, what it's, is it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, we're, we're kind of just back to being Square clueless one. again. Like, we've had yeah. so much, over the last two years, um, there's been so much to look forward to in terms of the different games and experiences. So many whether things it's the, to theorize. Yeah, like, whether it's the mobile games, or, I mean, we had things like World of Final Fantasy coming out. Mm. Like, yeah, so at the moment, there's there's really not too much on the horizon. It's a weird feeling. And it's also weird to think that, like, it's almost it's done i mean i know there's a lot of people who have gone back and sort of said like oh well we still want our versus 13 that's probably not going to happen guys sorry but like it's weird to think that noctus is done like noctus is noctus is noctus is noctus noctus is uh, his story is are you trying to say that you, you like the fact that they started doing sequels no no it's just that i just no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that in the sense that, like, it's just weird to think that it's got out. Like, there's actually a legitimate reason to have Noctis on our character battle thing and win it. <laughs> like, he's actually... Noctis has happened. So, yeah, I mean, like, um, as I said, it's just, it's just a surreal kind of feeling yeah. that it's kind of... I mean, because even, yeah, like, Final Fantasy XII, the ZLK, we know it's coming out in July... But it's a game that we've we already know about. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's it's slightly different because the international zodiac job system. There are differences that come with that. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't think even people are necessarily aware that it's actually going to be a different game. It's got no. the same storyline, but you know, there's stuff like you have to have each character pick a job class, and then you can't ever change it after you yeah. pick it. Like, it's there are fundamental changes that it will this be, game will introduce. It will be really interesting, actually, to see all the people who are... I mean, I'm not saying that the people who are, like, praising it to high heavens are going to be disappointed, 
but it would be interesting to see what their opinions are after they play it again. Yeah. Some of them. Because yeah, I, mean, I think that you always different. do. You always do look at the past games that you've played with rose-tinted glasses. I know I did it a lot with certain games. I remember them quite fondly and then playing them again. I'm just like, this is not as fun as I remember it. But you never know. You could be surprised and think, oh, no, this is a much better game. But yeah. either way. But like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's think... nothing that would like original on the horizon that we can like, yeah, sort of latch on to. The Final Fantasy VII Remake, who knows when that... It, I mean, it's pretty much... Well, who, it could come out this year. I mean, yeah. I know they're already working on the next part. Um, so they're not really saying anything about Kingdom Hearts either. No, I mean, but I mean, like Square Enix can turn things around. Like you know, it could come to E3, and then E3 they announce the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be coming out towards the end of the year. Yeah, it's not too outlandish. No, um, and Nomura likes to keep tight-lipped on all of his stuff. They do, and I, although I mean, with Final Fantasy games, there is the kind of rule of thumb where they they pretty much always announce the release date six yeah. months before yep. it comes out. So obviously, if they do announce the release date. E3, then that means it's going to come in December, which yeah. is unlikely. Yeah. But you never know. Like, we don't know how hard they're working on the game right now, like how hard they're pushing through um, if they've light a fire under their butts. Yeah, I mean, obviously that we have been told that with the 30th anniversary celebrations that more stuff would be forthcoming yeah and that's um, the thing as well nothing's like, happened from that yet either what are they going to do like i'm really curious as to what they're going to announce with this like you know i just i have no clue like it's it seems like i mean granted i'm not going to pretend and brayden's probably going to correct me on this or whatever i don't know like much about what the uh the like sort of divisions are doing at the moment but I feel like the bigger ones are all sort of like held up at the moment. So who else is free to like do stuff? Well, I mean, technically, like, Chiba is is free now. World of Final Fantasy is wrapped up. I mean, yeah. there's probably still some people working on kind of p- patches and stuff. Like they, yeah. they are doing minimal, and they're stuff. adding like characters, which I'm really surprised that Noctis hasn't been added yet. Maybe he will be in the future. Because like they added Balthier, but they didn't think. Well, Noctis. they. I mean, like. Yeah, they should. They could have. Well, obviously, the plan didn't go. It didn't go according to plan. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's true. Like Noctis was, it, it was supposed to come out the other way around. Yeah. So maybe they would have done Noctis. Um, but obviously, then it makes more sense for them to do Sora with Kingdom Hearts and then Balthier yeah. with the Final Fantasy Twelve. I don't know. Um. But yeah, no, they they're just kind of doing like pickups, aren't they? They're just kind of like, all right, well, we'll. We have to add in this new character now. All right, let's do this. But I mean, like, the if Chiba is working on a new game, they're probably not going to announce that for a little while. Yeah, uh, it needs time to make it and actually get some groundwork out of the way. So, and I also wonder, I mean, if if they will utilize their new sort of thing with Yoko Taro. I mean, granted, it's not like a new thing. They've had. They've... Well, he doesn't work for Square. Yeah, like I wonder if they will. If he'll come out with anything, if he'll... Oh, I no, he definitely will. I mean, obviously, he joked about the fact he wants to kind of to open a restaurant, <laughs> but no, he he definitely will. I mean, but like, I wonder he, how he, he's soon. been so so um kind of blown away by how well Neurotometer has done. Mm. I mean, he's he, he's he's going to do another. Um, I, I would imagine he's going to do another Dragon Guard game, or he'll do another game in this in the same. He'll just do what he wants. Story, yeah, he'll just do whatever he wants, and yeah. he's now got a case to go to Square um, with uh, Yusuke Saito and just say like, "You gave us a bit more support this time. Yeah. We've given you a massive return on it. So yeah. give us more support next time." Boom, boom. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for more than that, really. No. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think that's that's pretty much. There's not really much else we can say other than the fact that we've we kind of recovered from 
from everything that's happened in the past year now we went and, to a premiere and, like, and now it's just kind of like it, it feels like a bit of a void there's a, there's a void there and we're just i think everyone's kind of looking towards the next thing the yeah. next thing just needs to be there and we don't really know what that next thing is because the final fantasy really remake empty. is just kind of drifting the zodiac age although it's gonna be great it's just it's no different from when the final fantasy 10 remaster came out it's just like it's a thing yeah that comes out and no one's particularly too hyped about it because it's a game that already existed. Like, Square Enix, I'm sh- they're going to do bits to try and push it, but they're not going to push it too hard. I thought you were talking about babies for a second. Just push it out, yeah. Just push it out, <laughs> yep. But no, um, no, it's really it's really a difficult a difficult time. Because, yeah, I really want a new oh, game. It's so hard. It is. It, oh, it's the struggle is real. <laughs> But I want I want something to sort of like look forward to, just in the sense that like it's something original, something fun. I mean, Nier Automata was good, like that was great. But it's like Square Enix just like just massively dumped on us, like for the last few months. Like they've just kind of went, all right, here you go. Here's everything that we have except for Kingdom Hearts. No, there's nothing left. No, there's nothing left. And it's just like, well, what? What am I supposed to do with my time now? Like what? What? I have to wait for the for the you know DLC. Something, yeah. Like what am I? What am I? Well, we got episode to... prompto in in two months time. Guide me, guide um, me, screen. And I did ask on Twitter, like, kind of, if people felt that they would we'd ever see an event like Uncovered again, just because it was so crazy. And Tyler T thirty one. Uh, responded and said, I reckon they're going to go big for the Final Fantasy VII Remake. An Uncovered event for the first episode would not surprise me at all. And I, and I kind of agree with that. I think yeah. because the Final Fantasy VII Remake needs to be such a big splash. And I guess if they do one for that, then it's going to become a thing that yeah. they do. Yeah. And whether or not they want to do that. But I can definitely see them doing going crazy with the Final Fantasy VII Remake and doing something out there. Because it's, I mean, from a from a from um, an industry-wide perspective... Final Fantasy 15 had huge spotlights on it and made sense for them to do that event. They knew everyone was going to cover it. The Final Fantasy 7 remake is even bigger. It's probably the most anticipated game of all time outside yeah. of maybe Half-Life 3. And th- yeah, they're going to try and pump that as much as they possibly can. To be honest, I'm I'm really surprised that they haven't done much already. Like, I mean, announce an event for this year. I mean, it's the 20th anniversary, you know, like at least do something like it's just it's just crazy that it just seems like there's nothing at the moment for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, at all. Yeah. Like, at least announce an event or tease an event or something, but there's been nothing. There's been a snow mountain. Which was an homage to the previous snow mountain. Which was cool. It was a really cool mountain, but come on, guys. I need more than a mountain. Okay. Laura needs more than the mountain. There you I go. I do. The, the challenge has been set I down. I do. Um, I know. So, yeah, in terms of news this episode, as I said, there's not really a thing that's happened. I've just got three short lines in, in the uh, in the outline here. One is that Final Fantasy Grandmasters, a game that is exclusive to Japan, is a mobile game. Um, they've just announced that they're doing a second version of it. So it's kind of getting rejected. Um, World of Final Fantasy. There's going to be a World of Final Fantasy event in Record Keeper. That's global. That's sort of like Inception, isn't it? Uh, a tribute game combining with a tribute game. Tribute game Inception. Tribute Inception. Yeah. Um, and then because he appeared in Super Smash Brothers, there's going to be a Cloud Strife amiibo. That's going to sell like freaking hotcakes. And that's that's pretty much it. That that literally is pretty much it. There's there's not really even anything else nope. that's happened in the past two weeks. Nope. I, I, I'm I'm kind of lost for words because I think this is the the, the least new. 
Like, I know the guys in the Kingdom Hearts show have this quite a lot, but yeah. I'm just not used to it. I, I just, know. You're I'd, so used to just, like, talking about Final Fantasy XV, or at least just something. Yeah, I mean, like, there's not even anything going on with Dissidia at the moment. Like, like there's literally nothing happening. Tabata, just just say something stupid. Come on, just just say something. Say something so that we can actually report stuff. Keep Please. it classy. Keep it classy, Lawrence. San Diego. <laughs> All right, so... Um, We've got a couple of questions for this episode. Uh, we do have one from Josh, who is at J2K9. But it's such a good question. I think we might actually hold that one back and maybe make it the feature next week. Okay. Next episode, sorry, not next week. Jeez, that'd be quite crazy. And that was about kind of which Final Fantasy has had the most profound effect on us. Quite mm. an interesting topic, that one. Yeah. Um, but we're going to start things off today with Lauren. Uh, from David Andrew at The Upperlands. What is your favorite job class and why? I don't know. Uh, in Final Fantasy XI, I played Black Mage, but it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to. Mm. It was just um, I picked players of Tarot, and it was the it was the class that kind of suited them most. I always wanted to be a Paladin. Mm. I saw a couple of them around there, and they were beast. Paladins um, are quite beast. Yeah. I always preferred to kind of play as more of the melee classes. Um, so I'd probably just go with like a warrior or something. It's really generic. And yeah. I'd, yeah, I just yeah, they're usually my favorite characters. Like, there's the ones that hit things. Yeah, it's really simple. Um, yeah. Bards are quite fun. I like quite. I yeah, thought, you I liked bards. bards when we were playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I actually like. I mean, I know it's quite cliche, but I do. I probably prefer playing a white mage type um, type role, but I think probably my favorite would be Dark Knight. I really like Dark Knights. I think that they're just so cool. See, I, I mean, again, with Final Fantasy XI, so Dark Knights, I, I think they're cool, but they, they're usually quite weak. Yeah, so well, they cost like, all their yeah. health, don't they? Yeah. But that's why you need a good tank. Yeah. But no, I do like Dark Knights. I love, I've always loved their style. Um, I used to love playing as a Dark Knight in uh, Final Fantasy X-2. Um, that was pretty much all I used well, I mean, what's what's your least favorite? Uh, <laughs> you're not going to like it, but Monk. Oh. I hate combinations. I just, I don't get on with them. I I am a firm, I'm a firm practitioner of button mash. I've always been on Tekken and stuff. I just let, I just try and see where it goes. I think my one's a bit more controversial. Mm. We're going to say Summoner. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> which, is, which is ironic because this should be part of Final Fantasy. I just... I know I was never ever drawn to some of the classes. I just think they're kind of they're like a weak white mage in a lot of things, mm. and I never really use summons in any of the games. I probably wouldn't think to be a summoner. To be fair, no. it's probably my forgotten class, but I would never want to be a monk. It would it would just not end well. All right. So the next question is from Kim at Zach Returns, and they want to know how big of a role do you think Zach will have in the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's really weird. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think that they are going to ignore Zack. I don't think it's going to be a big reveal like how it was in Final Fantasy VII, the original, because Zack has had such a big presence with Crisis Core and Kingdom Hearts. Like, people know who Zack is. So it's not like a, whoa, oh, wait, this is weird. To be honest, I thought that was a bigger reveal in Final Fantasy VII when I played it versus Aerith's death, but that's only because i already known about Aerith's death. That was so popular. But, like, that was a huge reveal for people in um, when you were first playing Final Fantasy VII because it's just like, wait, 
who the who the heck are you? Who the f is this guy? <laughs> like you know, and I don't think that it's going to have that this time around. I have a I, I'm wondering if they're going to just like sort of integrate Zach's story in yeah, anyway. I, I can see them because obviously, like, there's the one part which you can skip when you go to Gungaga and you find out about the fact that Aerith and Zach were together. Ooh. Um, I reckon they might do more flashbacks. Mm. So, because that's one of the things where it won't in, it won't interrupt the flow of the the actual story of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's the trouble. But too. they can do they can do flashbacks. Like if you go to Gongaga and you talk to his family, then they can do a flashback of what happened when they went to the town or, yeah. or when they go to Nibelheim. Like Zach can be a part of that much more. I, I can see them making him a more prominent character, but it's just that it's going to be still contained. Yeah. We don't know how much of the game the first part of Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to to include. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for the whole of Midgar, I mean, there's little bits they can put in there with regards to Zack, because obviously he did live in Midgar. There were parts of Crisis Core take place in Midgar. But obviously in the original game, he wasn't in the game for a, for a while. Yeah. Um, But it's just a case of how they want to include it, because, yeah. I mean... Because if you're a purist, then you'd say he needs to have exactly the same amount of content as he did before. But obviously with Crisis Core, they integrated more stuff. And if you're coming from a new perspective, I think it's more down to what tells the best story. Because with Cloud, it's it's kind of the same with Final Fantasy XV, but people don't really appreciate it. That If you play Final Fantasy VII, you can, you can miss a lot of things with regards to Zack and Cloud and the story and Aeris as well. And it's only really when you start digging into it that you you kind of see just how messed up the whole the the triad relationship is between the three of them. Mm. And I think they could do a better job of of serving the fact that Eris is actually a really horrible person, um, <laughs> and like Cloud is is really not even living his own life. He's yeah. just so messed up, and Eris really plays on that. And Tifa as well. Yeah, but not because of Zach. No, not because of Zach, but. Yeah, no, it is it is just a whole a whole mess of a situation and yeah, I do wonder I also wonder how they will paint the female leads of Final Fantasy VII. because I think it's really easy to sort of ignore the seriousness of what sort of Aerith did and what Tifa did to Cloud. I think in the way that it was originally written, I feel like people will ignore that because I mean Everybody thinks that Aerith is all sunshine and rainbows and everything nice. And it's like there is a sort of darker thing about her in the sense that, like, for what she was to Zack and Cloud. And, um... And, yeah, like, I wonder how they're going to do the scenes with Tifa when they were younger and how horrible she was. Yeah. Like, I mean, I wonder if they will sort of play on the fact, play more on the fact that they do have these underlying themes or if they'll just take them away. And just sort of dilute them so yeah, that I mean, they it, love them more. Yeah. They're more it's, lovable. It's, I mean, it's possible. Yeah. I mean, because if you think about Tifa in Advent Children, she was a much more toned down character. Yeah. Than she was in, in Final Fantasy VII. So, yeah, I, I think it will be interesting to see how much of a role Zack has. I think it will also be dependent on whether they would choose to include characters like Genesis and Angeal. Yeah, that's the thing as well. I feel like it's going to make it so confusing if they do, but I almost feel like they have to. Like, I feel like it will be really confusing if they include every single character. Because they have to include, like, all of the Turks as well. Like, I mean, before Crisis Turks as well, would they include them? Like, uh, what would they do? 
I don't think they probably because I mean the, the thing is that from from an expectation perspective, no one in the West knows anything about that really. It's true. So they'd kind of be looking at it going like, who the hell are these guys? Yeah. Where at least with Dirge Cerberus, but like Cisne, and, like would they include stuff with Cisne? Maybe Cisne, yeah, because that's Crisis Core, isn't it? Crisis yeah. Core obviously was the expectation is there around Crisis Core because they could include like Doctor Hollander, mm. um, and then yeah, like with uh, they could start they could with Dirge Cerberus they could integrate. Uh, characters from that as well because mm. obviously uh vice and um nero were in crisis core so it depends how like all-encompassing they want the story to be yeah um and obviously like how much they want to talk about like deep ground and everything that happened with that and the relationship between um between uh lucrezia and uh Hojo as well and vincent yeah yeah so yeah, there's a lot of stuff because obviously like Grimoire Valentine could be in it too. Yeah, um, it's yeah. just like a whole conglomerate of stuff that I have. I honestly have no clue how they're going to fit it all in and make it all coherent. Yeah, because even like the flashback sequences with like a Faulner and Professor Gast, they were quite limited before. But yeah. I think there's a real license to make them a lot more grand. Yeah, like they could feature them a lot more, and also even the smaller characters that feature out, like you know, people like the Chocobo Sage. Like, they are they just going to have him, like, in a little cameo again? Or are they going to actually give him something? Or, like, like Chocobo Billy and, like, all these, like, smaller characters where they could really do something a lot more with them because they're going to have to have their own personality. They're going to have yeah. to have a lot more than they had before. They're yeah. going to have their own voice actors and everything. So it, I guess it just depends on how much they're going to do with them. Oh, it's just going to be crazy. But anyways, moving on. Uh, this next question is from Brayden uh, at Sora96. And he asks, uh, Square's releasing Star Ocean 3 as a PS2 classic. Do you think they'll release Dirge as one or do an HD remaster? I think there's a good chance that they might do a PS2 classic. I, I, I mean, they've pretty much said they're not going to do an HD remaster just because yeah. it's just too confusing for, uh, with regards to the compilation. But I can definitely see them doing a PS2 classic release. I don't know when, because it's the same situation they'd have with the HD remaster. They'd have to do it sooner rather than later, because mm. the longer they leave it and the closer it gets to the original, final, like the release of the Final Fantasy VII remake, the more confusing it's going to get for people, because the story's not going to be the same. Exactly. This is where I think that they're really missing a trick, though, because, I mean, even though it won't be coherent with Final Fantasy VII uh, um, remake allegedly i think that they could still release an hd collection of some sort and have like dirge of cerberus as a as a movie like how they have with um uh kingdom hearts they always have a movie and then two games have no, crisis be before Core. crisis before crisis would be the well movie. before crisis as well they could just have two movies screw it break the rules i've already got advent children advent children separate they already have advent children complete they don't need any more the fans don't need any more no, but in the in the collection. Well, it would be a way That'll of getting be three around, movies. It would be a way of getting around the Dirge of Cerberus rejigging. But Dirge of Cerberus is probably the easiest one to do an HD remaster of. Mm. Well, then why don't they do an HD remaster? Why are you saying that they won't do an HD remaster? Because Nomura said that they don't want to do that. Okay. Are I, you the spokesperson for Nomura? I could be. Are you? Really? It's you know one, all of his it's, secrets? It's one of my many secrets, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but either way, um, I, I do think that they're missing a, a pretty good trick that would probably make them make them at least some money. I mean, Crisis maybe Core for HD the, would just sell. Yeah, maybe for the the sort of um, hassle and time it would take, maybe it's not, it wouldn't be worth it 
that much to them but i feel like an hd uh yeah i mean i guess based on everything that's happened with other square hd remasters where they've had to like start from scratch because they lost all the assets and everything it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they don't have the crisis core assets anymore and they'd have to start from scratch yeah i know and also it probably would not translate well to um a ps4 type thing no um okay so the last question is from julio carrillo at dead demon 225 and they want to know, do you think the next mainline game will be turn-based uh, as a response to Final Fantasy XV's more combat action? I don't know, I'm obviously. Uh, but, like, I feel like the action-based stuff, I feel like that's a lot of, like, Nomura and his style and even, like, Tabata as well style. Because, I mean, if you think about his work with even Crisis Core and... Um, uh, type zero it's it's not the traditional like turn-based combat like he's he's very much there both of them are, are very sort of different when compared to turn-based and so i think it will really depend on who the director is of the next game i mean if it's someone like uh like ito for like final fantasy 12 even he went away from turn-based he will probably make it more like an mmo if it's toriyama he might he might go back to sort of what he did with Final Fantasy thirteen. And yeah, 13-2. because I mean, ten, ten, two, and thirteen were still turn based, but they were action based, turn based. But then, but I don't by the time you got to Lightning Returns, yeah. it was it was a bit different, and that's true too. And I also don't know if they'll give Toriyama another sort of pass with the main Final Fantasy game, um, in the same way that they did with the thirteen series. I honestly think that with how well Final Fantasy XV's done, they probably are thinking we have to go this Western direction. It's obviously selling more. Um, it's getting us more fans. It's reaching out more. So I'm thinking that they're probably going to stick with the action-based and then maybe focus more on their um, Tokyo... Oh, what is it? Tokyo game? Tokyo RPG Factory. Tokyo Tokyo RPG Factory. I feel well, like they've just leave... had the other one as well. I can't remember what that one's called, but they, it's the guy from uh, who created Tales has, has mm. set up that studio. Yeah, that's true too. So I feel like they'll probably keep the more traditional turn-based combat for those kind I of games. Dragon Quest is still turn-based as well, mm. right? I don't know. I honestly don't. But I feel like they'll probably keep the turn-based for those type of games, like those more niche games. And Final Fantasy will just keep evolving um, to a more action-based combat system. So, so yeah, that's that's all the questions. If you have any questions for us, please, 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 just tweet at us or just uh, send us a Facebook message or do you, just let us know in some way. Just, just do it, and we will answer them. Get an airplane with one of those messages attached to them. I've always wanted one of those, actually. Just somebody to just write a message to me just on an airplane on the beach. Do you remember this? What would you want it to say? Hi. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so uh, music for this episode is from Final Fantasy VII. It's an arrangement of Sid's theme and it's by Adam Haynes. Mm. It's quite short, but it's very sweet. Mm. Very sweet. Well, Daryl, you do love your Sid's theme. I do. Yeah. It is epic. It is. Uh, to be honest, like it's one of the more epic themes of Final Fantasy VII. Like, I mean, there's a lot of epic themes there, but this one is just, like, choice. So, yeah, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 2nd of May. You can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. If you just search for Final Fantasy, we do come up. We're there. We're there. And also be sure <laughs> to check out our YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Final Fantasy Union on YouTube. 
And of course, be sure to check out all our news coverage on FinalFantasyUnion.com. I'm really hoping that there will be some news coverage for you to check out <laughs> because uh, it can't be this dry for too much longer. I know. Episode Prompto is coming up. They'll have to say something. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, if you really enjoy what we do and you'd like to hear um, us grow and see us grow, then please check out our Patreon. Um, we're thinking about doing some maybe updates to it as well. So, um, you know, any feedback you can give on that, just please let us know. Yes. All right, Lauren, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, guys. And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyNoon.com production.